Welcome to Dwight's Wine, your window to the wide world of wine. I'm Dwight Casimir. In this episode, we explore one of Italy's great undiscovered secrets, Montecucco. Our guest is Giovanni Battista Basile, who is the new president of the Montecucco Consortium, the Organization for the Protection of Montecucco Wines. President Basile, welcome to Dwight's Wine. Well, first of all, tell us a bit about Montecucco. I've been there several times, but uh, I'm sure many of our listeners aren't familiar with it. I, I know it's a really special and unique area. Tell us about it. First of all, thanks for having me, Dwight. Yes, you're right. Montecucco is a small region, uh, still not so known uh, in, uh, over the sea in uh, America, but uh, it's growing. We are in southeast of Tuscany, not far from the sea, but very close to an old volcano that now is not active anymore, luckily for us. But uh, the soils uh, of this region in part are influenced by the volcano. And also the climate is particular because Montecucco region is between the sea and the mountain. This volcano is like 1,700 meters high. So it's quite high. You can also ski in winter time if you want. And uh, our vineyards, they are on the hills that are just under the mountains. So by east, we are protected by the cold winds. And uh, this makes also the summer very interesting because the temperatures between night and day have a great excursion. So we have interesting acidities in our reds, but as you know, we also produce some white wines, mainly with Vermentino grapes. So also for the whites, it's very good that there, there are so big differences of temperatures for the acidity, for the fruity part, for the right maturation of the grapes. As you know, Montecucco mainly is Sangiovese grape. So it's Sangiovese is the grape of Tuscany, as you know already. And uh, uh, also we produce wine mainly done with Sangiovese grapes, but we can also use other grapes in our appellation. So this is why we, we produce more kind of, of Montecucco. We have Montecucco Rosso, that is, let's say the entry-level wine of the region. And that minimum is 60% Sangiovese and then 40% can be other grapes. And then, uh, Starting from 2011, our appellation was recognized to be the top of the Italian appellation, so DOCG, not only DOC. And we produce a very interesting, almost pure Sangiovese, because 90% is Sangiovese and 10% of the grapes. But many, many wineries decided to make it 100%. And well, this is for... We're going to get into some of the production and some of the grape varieties in just a minute, but I'd like to talk a little bit about you. I know your story is interesting. You've been in the business a long time, but you didn't start out that way, did you? I was supposed to become a lawyer, but lucky I didn't. <laughs> I, I studied at university law, but then I moved in this region in Tuscany in 96, and uh, so I was really fascinated because I was coming from a big city in southern Italy that is Naples and when I moved here the, the, the life was totally different. Consider here that natural here is incredible. We are surrounded by nature not only vineyards so it was a place unique for you know the in integrity of the environment and I was really fascinated by it. So me personally I started in 1999 and uh, I bought this land that were abandoned since uh, 30 years. So it was not easy to start again. 
But I knew there were vineyards on my lands, the lands I bought since the 17th century. So it means that uh, uh, until 500 years ago, they were already cultivating vineyards in our region. This is very interesting. And, and we had to start from the beginning because there were not even vineyards on the lands I bought. There were before, but as they were abandoned, nothing more there was when I bought it. Well, one of the hallmarks of Maracuco wine is high quality. And I also know organics, sustainability, all these best practices are, are put in right from the vineyard all the way through the bottling. So there's, there's, really, uh, there's really some product stability there and also reliability there. And I wonder if you could talk about that journey all the way from the vineyard to the moment someone's holding that bottle of wine in their hand at their favorite wine shop. Tell us about that whole traceability factor. I was telling you about the integrity of uh, the, the environmental part of the region. This is why many wineries of the region are already organic certified on the back table. Think that one typology like Montecucco Sangiovese, uh, the bottles of this typology, it's more than 70% of the bottles are uh, recognized and uh, printed as organic on the back label. So they are certified organic. This means that we can also consider the possibility to create in our region uh, uh, organic districts. So we want to, as consortia, we want to develop this part of the communication. It's very important that people know that the wines that come from Montecucco are done in a region that is really, and it's incredibly uh, well uh, uh, in connection with nature. Think that the vineyards are surrounded by woods. It's not only vineyards you can see when you come and walk in our lands. You can see woods, you can see also, also the cultivation is different. Uh, the main part of the wineries of Montecucco is done by families. We don't have big numbers. Also the total of bottles, as you know, is not a big number. And uh, the dimension of the wineries, it's, it's like they produce from 10,000 bottles to 50,000 bottles, the, med the medium size of a winery. Then naturally there are some bigger wineries, but this is the identification of Montecucco wine maker, wine producer. It's just a family producer. And many of them, many of us don't only make wine, they, we make olive oil, we have animals like in production for the meat or milk, or we have uh, other kind of cultivation. So you don't see only vineyards in Montecucco. And that's really a sign of uh, the right balance between uh, the vitis cultivation, the viticulture, and the other part of the agriculture. The tradition was maintained in our lands. Yeah. Well, one of the great pleasures I had when I visited was having the prosciutto. And I also had a kind of uh, a, a pork tartare that was kind of interesting. I mean, and, this, and the sausage with the uh, parsley in it, but it was eaten uncooked. It was really delicious though. It was just like velvet in your mouth. It was pretty amazing. You know, we're going to be talking about some of that. And you know, as they say, we're talking right now with Jovan Batista Basile, who is the new president of the Montecucco Consortium 
in Tuscany. And uh, we're going to be uh, tasting some of the wine. We've got uh, this one here. What, what's the name on this one? Uh, Great. And uh, so, you know, they say the proof is in the bottle. So we're going to have some bottle proofing in just a moment when we come back with Dwight's Wine. Welcome back to Dwight's Wine. I'm Dwight Casimir with Giovanni Battista Basile, the new president of the Montecuco Consortium in Tuscany. And uh, your region and your wines are one of the best kept secrets, but I'm sure that's going to change under your administration. Tell us what's different about the wine, what makes them special, and let's talk about some of the wines that we're going to be tasting today. We've got uh, this one here that I've been pouring and drinking while you've been talking. Maybe we can start by talking about this one. Tell us the name and uh, where it's from, the vineyard, and what's special about it and unique. So the first wine you're going to taste, it's Le Macharine. It's a Montecucco Rosso uh, from a family winery, as I told you. And uh, Montecucco Rosso, is the, I was telling you, is the entry-level wine of... Uh, the Montecucco is TOC, and mainly uh, the, the wineries used to age it just in steel so that you can feel more the fruity part of the wine. It's uh, an easy wine to drink, and it's uh, mainly Sangiovese, but not only. Uh, this wine has, I think, some Cabernet inside, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, and uh, Petit Verdot. And but mainly is Sangiovese. So the, then about the tasting, it's better you give your ideas. You're tasting now. I'm looking that you are tasting the wine. Yeah. I could tell it had some uh, Cabernet in it, and it's almost like an Italian version of a Bordeaux blend. <laughs> it's got that kind of style and finesse to it, but definitely you know it's Sangiovese. So this wine... It's, it's, uh, it's probably 2018, and I don't remember the vintage of the wine. Yes, it is 2018. It's definitely 2018. It has a very young, fruity uh, taste and nose. I mean, the, when you um, first open the bottle and pour it in your glass, there's really um, fresh cut flowers. It's like you walked in your rose garden and just started cutting away or violets and just started cutting away. And you get that pistol, the smell of the pistol as you walk by. It's very ephemeral, almost uh, perfume-like, you know? Um, but anyway, I don't want to- This winery is closer to the mountain, to the, the old volcano, and it's higher than the other one you're going to taste. So in this case, the temperatures are also lower than the other one at night. And it's, these got, it's got some real subtleties about it. Talk about some of that and how uh, how the uh, specialties of the soil and the climate make for some of these very, it's a very different wine. And it's, it, it surprises you because it seems like it's kind of simple 
and even a light red, but as you drink it, it really starts to fill up your mouth and kind of unfold like a kind of like a, a sunrise. It just really unfolds like a sunrise in your mouth. And that's sold by the grapes because it doesn't make any passage in the oak, any aging in the oak. So this is this is some of the characteristic of this wine that they wanted just to uh, give the fruity part to the wine and uh, that was coming naturally by the grape. And then in 2018 was uh, a nice vintage, not too hot. It was a bit rainy in the summertime in August, but then we had a fantastic September. So it was perfect for the maturation of the grapes. Well, the next wine you sent me is a little more complex. It's a lot more complex. This is the Pian di Staffa. That is- Pian di Staffa Reserva from Poggio Stenti. It's a winery. Yeah, Here, I think that was one of the wineries I did go to. Tell me about that one. Well, Poggio Stenti, it's a small winery. It is lower in, uh, in, in Nines because it's in Montenero. That is another little town that is very close to Montalcino. On the other side of the river, you can see physically Montalcino region. So, they, but they are a little bit lower. Think that the vintage you're tasting is one of the top vintage of the last 20 years uh, in our region. 12, uh, 2016 was almost a perfect vintage, not only for us, but for Montalcino, as you know, we are very close and the Sangiovese is the same. The Reserva, it's a selection of Sangiovese. So naturally it ages in oak, um, for minimum eight, 18 months, and then it has to age also in the bottle. This is why you're tasting uh, 2016, because before it comes out in commerce, it's a long process. Yeah, I remember I was, I was there doing the harvest and the crush, and uh, it really is a family winery. <laughs> I mean, everybody was all hands on deck, even down to the family dog. <laughs> And, and uh, not only, they are also great producer of meat. They have what in Italy, in Italy is called macelleria. So they sell meat and it's really a top meat. Yeah, I remember they had uh, uh, the lunch that they served us had a number of sausages. And, and that's where I had those uh, very unique uh, things, the tartar style things that I talked about. That's, that's exactly where I had them. And um, I remember that the... Um, the meat was, the, the pork was, was very white. It was very clean tasting. It had no aftertaste in your mouth or smell or anything. It was just very, very clean. And the, uh, the ham, the fat was almost like lace when they held it up. It was very thin and light. And when you put it in your mouth, it melted like butter. It, it was a very, yes. very different experience. Yes, yes, it's exactly. And also the wine pairing is perfect. With the meat, our Reserva Sangiovese, it's perfect with wine pairing. Also with the, it can be paired by, with the wild boar, for example. We don't have only uh, domestic animals in our region, but we also have many wild animals. So the wild boar is one typical uh, pairing with the, our wines too. Yeah, we had uh, boar meat for, for lunch, it was grilled. And that, that's what we had for the lunch with, with the wine. And it, we had several different, um, we did a uh, vertical tasting of the wines with the uh, grilled meat. And um, each wine brought out 
a different um, flavoring in the meat. You could taste even with this one, you could taste more of the minerality of the meat um, because of the uh, mineral. And you talk a lot about the uh, volcanic soils and how that has an influence on the wine. I wonder if you could talk about some of these particular elements um, that make the wine different because I know in um, your region, you're not that big on oak. I mean, I, I saw a lot of large oak casts that were used to rest the wine. And if they used the small barriques, it was not not so much. I mean, there was more concentration on, on the fruit and bringing out the character of the fruit. And a lot of what you taste in the wine, in California, I know people always talk about the oak aging, but if you're tasting herbaceous things and spice things in your wines, it's really from the grape and the soil and the climate, those combinations of things. I mean, what you're you right, right. Is the you're fruit. right. You're yeah, right. Talk more about that. It's true. And also with the oak, uh, our wineries, they are really careful. We don't want to interfere with the oak so much. This is why also the size of the oak can be bigger. We, can, we don't use barrique anymore on Sangiovese. We use bigger size from 500 liters to 2000 liters or more. Yeah, I, never, I never saw so much uh, Slavonian oak in my life. As when I went to your places, the, the, the big giant oak barrels were all over the place. Why is that? Well, mm, also in Montalcino, in Brunello di Montalcino region, they are used to, uh, to use Slovenian oak. In the truth, there are some that use French oak. For example, in my winery, I prefer French oak. It's two different styles, but uh, also Slavonian oak is very, very nice. Uh, with our Sangiovese grapes, with our Sangiovese wines. What are some of the properties that the Slavonian oak brings to the wine that you don't get with the uh, smaller French barriques? Let's say that almost uh, the, all the wineries in Montecucco are not using any more barriques, small size. The difference is just in the kind of oak, Slavonian or French oak but it's a kind of style that is different. So you can feel more the style of the, of the wine that is different, but not the idea to not cover with the oak, the wine. What, this is what we want to do. We want that you feel the wine, but not totally interfered by the oak. The oak is just a support. Mm -hmm. Well, when we think about Italian wine, we think about Italian food. And we are talking to Giovanni Battista Basile, the new president of the Montecucco Consortium. And one of the great things about wine is Italian food. We're gonna talk a little bit more about uh, pairings. And I know you, you have, Giovanni, some favorites that you like to have alongside your wine. And uh, I'm gonna ask you to share that with us when we come back with Dwight's Wine in just a moment. Well, welcome back to Dwight's Wine. I'm Dwight Casimir and I'm talking with Jovan Batista Basile 
who is the new president of the Montecuco Consortium, and we're tasting some of his beautiful wines. And uh, I know, Javon, you uh, like to entertain and you love to promote your wines. And uh, when we talk about Italian wine, we have to talk about Italian food. And we're having this uh, beautiful Pian di Staffa from Poggio Stenti. And um, this is a really complex, rich wine. I know it goes a lot with the, the great things you've been talking about, the prosciutto, it's the wild boar. Uh, talk to me about some of the other things you like to have, because we're getting into that cookout grilling season. We're going to be having a lot of outdoor dinners and parties uh, in our gardens. Even in the pandemic, we can have outdoor parties and invite friends and family. Talk to us about some of the things we can have with this wine and enjoy. There's something that uh, it makes similar Tuscany with uh, with uh, America. It's the grills and the BBQ. This wine is perfect in the meat pairing. You know, bistecca alla Fiorentina. It's a typical steak, very high that you just grill. And it's a very simple uh, recipe in which you can pair in a fantastic way many of our red wines, our Montecucco wines, but also this Reserva, it could be perfect paid with this Bistecca uh, la Fiorentina or anyway with a steak grilled uh, in your barbecue outside in the garden with your friends. For sure you would enjoy, you would enjoy and it would work very well. Also with the pork meat, not only with the cow meat, you can easily pair our wines uh, and uh, if you want to have a, an Italian dinner or lunch, you can also pair some nice pasta, pasta with the ragu, we say, meat, uh, with tomato sauce and meat. That is very nice to pair with, maybe with a Montecucco Rosso, with the wine you tasted before. And so mainly the red wines like to be paired to this kind of food. And the white wines, the Vermentino we produce, that it's a smaller production, but it's very interesting too, can be nicely paired with the fish or seashells, or, you know, in Italy we make spaghetti with vongole, that it's a typical seashell, or in the United States, maybe you have something else to, to pair with your recipes with a, with a very nice glass of white wine. Yeah, we have, um, well, a lot of um, scallops are, are really something uh, I like to do on the grill. I just brush them with a little olive oil and garlic and a little bit of uh, sage or oregano and just put them on the grill for about a, a minute on each side just to, so they get those nice little grill marks. And uh, yeah. that's it. And I, uh, that would be perfect. And I pour it with our Bermentino. Yeah, with the Vermentino, put it on top of a little bit of arugula and drizzle a little olive oil on it. That's it. And you know what? I don't even use vinegar. Right? People say use balsamic and all that. I just put a little bit of the wine on it. Same as vinegar. <laughs> it has the same effect. It works very well. I, I serve that and people just lap it up. It's gone in seconds. Um, you know, another thing I, I like to do is uh, I grill the vegetables right along with the wine. I take the, the big pieces of romaine lettuce, brush them with a little olive oil. Uh, in fact, the garlic infused olive oil 
and put it on the grill for 30 seconds on each side. Asparagus, um, tomatoes, artichokes. I just, I just put them on the grill for uh, brush without the garlic olive oil for a minute, not even on each side, 30 seconds. Put them on a, put them on a big tray and serve them. They're gone before the meat's even finished. I mean, it's, it's like a first course. And, you know, uh, we are, we are, I am from Southern Italy originally. So in Southern Italy, we are used to eat vegetables, also grilled vegetables. So what you are saying, it's perfectly what happens in our houses in Southern Italy. And also with aubergines, with zucchini, we grill it and we heat it. So yeah. not only. You mentioned aubergines, which are the small, beautiful eggplant, you know, eggplant. and then, and people, um, they only, in this country, they only think of eggplant lasagna and baking the eggplant and doing all this stuff. I say just slice it and put it on the grill. It's another way to eat it. And actually you get more of the flavor out of the uh, eggplant and, and it doesn't turn mushy because when you bake it or cook it, it gets a little mushy. And that's why a lot of people say they don't like it. But if you just grill it simply for a few seconds and have it with this wine, wow, you've got a meal. That's perfect. That's perfect. It's exactly what we do. And the olive oil is very important if you have. The olive oil is one element that on the vegetables is very good. And it gives uh, just nothing, just salt and olive oil make a great grilled vegetable. Wow. It's so great to enjoy this wine with you. I want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the things that you enjoy this wine and some of your plans to promote this wine in the United States. Um, I know we're starting to see a few bottles on the shelves at our local uh, shops like Benny's and a few of the other places, Whole Foods. But um, I wanna talk to you a little bit about more about how you're gonna get people excited about the wines of Montecuco here in the United States and here in Chicago where I live. We're talking to Jovan Batista Basile who is the new president of the Montecuco Consortium, his beautiful wines from the wonderful, undiscovered, but that's going to change, <laughs> Montecuco region of Tuscany. We're gonna have more in just a moment. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back to Dwight's Wine. I'm Dwight Casimir. We're talking to Jovan Batista Basile, who is the new president of the Montecuco Consortium of Tuscany in Italy. We've been talking about his beautiful wines. Uh, we had a couple of uh, his delicious red wines to talk about. And he also mentioned the uh, ro uh, Rosato and the uh, you had a white wine. What, what's the name of it? The Vermentino white wine. Vermentino white wine. We've got to try that one. So, and some of the delicious foods that go with the wines. And, but, you know, the big thing is uh, not just talking about tasting the wines, but, you know, you've got to bottom line sell it. And how are you planning to promote that here in the United States? Get the word out there, get people to start drinking the wines of Montecuco. First of all, I want to thank you, Dwight, because you gave me the opportunity to speak about Montecucco. So this is one of the way we want to promote Montecucco in the United States. 
as you are speaking about us and we hope that many others will speak about us and uh, the, you know the thing is that if you're searching something new something interesting so, something not expensive because this is a, a great uh, thing of montecucco wines that compared with the with the quality uh, in united states you can buy our bottles in a very nice price and these is these are you know the big points of our appellation and people is starting to drink more and more our wines in the in the few regions where you can already find it and we hope that uh, we can grow in the distribution of uh, montecucco wines uh, uh, year by year but maintaining our identity we are a small region done by small wineries that want to do good wines at a nice price well i want to thank you so much we have been talking to Jovan batista basile who is the new president of the Montecucco Consortium in uh, Tuscany. And uh, these are some fabulous Italian wines. They're mostly made from Sangiovese. A few of them have uh, some nice blending grapes in them. They have a lot of variety. And uh, I now uh, have been talking about not only the red wines, but the rosés, the white wines. There's a lot of variety there for you. And you're going to be seeing them on the shelves of your local wine shops in your supermarkets in a uh, very few weeks. Uh, some of them are already on the shelf. I've seen them there. So um, look out for these wines. I want to thank you so much for joining us, Javon. Uh, it's really been informative and uh, thanks for sharing this wonderful undiscovered region with us. Hopefully it won't be a secret anymore and folks will be enjoying Montecucco wines every day of the week, especially during the spring and summer season out on the grill. You know what? Once all this thing breaks out, we're going to arrange a trip. You come visit me, I'll come visit you, and we'll have that, a great barbecue. That's for sure. We're, we're waiting for you in Montecucco region. And to all <laughs> people that is listening to us, come and visit the region because it's very beautiful. So when the world will be open again, profit and come this visit uh, to visit this part of Tuscany that is unknown but very beautiful. I left my heart in Montecucco beside the mountain, the valley, and the ocean. <laughs> Got to bring in all the terroir, right? <laughs> I'm glad. Right. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Ciao, Bella. Thank you so much. I'm Dwight Casimir. Thanks for being with us on Dwight. We will take you on another trip in our next podcast of Dwight's Wine. Thanks for being with us.